Hey, hi, hello. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> Thanks for staying with us here on Financial Straight Talk, the second half of the radio show, and of course, the podcast version of Financial Straight Talk. We appreciate you either downloading or subscribing and staying with us every single week, and of course, joining us here on the radio. My name is Jerry Payne, and with me each and every week, of course, the financial straight talker himself, Mr. Jim Fox. How are you, sir? Outstanding. So, so no um, hello in another language today. Just greetings and salutations. No, we're is exhausting a lot of these foreign languages, and I just couldn't. You know why I thought of it? Because we mentioned Elon Musk in the first okay. half of the show, and you know, people think he's kind of an alien. So I figure, you know, that's probably what the aliens would say: greetings and salutations, <laughs> Earthlings. Yeah. No, okay, that works. That yeah, works. little little weird time on uh, financial straight talk this week, but still having a great time. Before we get into the podcast topic of the week, Jim, which is going to be something very very popular that's happening all over the country right now. Uh, I do want to mention our upcoming Financial Straight Talk workshops, Retiring in Joe Biden's America, March 17th and March 18th over at the Pizza Gallery at the Avenue Vieira. It'll be a great evening where you can learn a lot of really great information and learn what could be on the horizon when it comes to taxation of your retirement dollars. Jim will be covering a lot of different topics. It's a great way to make that initial introduction to Jim, meet him, meet the family, and learn a lot more about Financial Straight Talk and how we can help you as you approach your retirement years. Give Pam a call today. She's standing by right now. 321-414-7526. That's 321-414-PLAN. All right, Jim, one thing that is very common, I mean, it seems like everybody knows someone who's moving right now. And when you move, you're buying a new home. My parents are finally downsizing from that big, you know, two-story with a lot of stairs house to something that's a little bit more appropriate for a couple in their 70s, and we're happy about that because uh, one of them is a little bit more accident-prone than the other. And so they're looking at getting a mortgage. I, myself, am interested in getting a mortgage. Everybody's looking at mortgages right now. So, Jim, you've got a lot of experience here. What are some of the things to watch out for, you know, when we're talking about financial intelligence and the common sense approach? When you're first looking, how should you approach getting a mortgage for your home? It's crazy right now, right? Everybody and their brother is buying, selling, doing something. Just so folks know, I was also, uh, you know, owned a mortgage company for about five years. So, uh, so have a little bit of experience in that during those years. <laughs> um, I was licensed as a mortgage guy in, in the late 90s. So, so, you know, I've kind of been around this block. I've, uh, you know, I've had one mortgage on my home and I paid it off, which was really, really awesome. But, you know, the key here is to understand that nobody really has the money to just go pay cash for a house. Right. I mean, that's right. just that's Yeah, there's maybe we know one person or two people, but the majority of people are going to go take out a mortgage. Right. Especially if they're buying their first home and just realizing rates are super attractive right now. They're low. Everyone seems like they're getting a great deal. And you know what? Honestly, I remember, Jerry, when rates were seven percent and I thought that was low. OK. Mm. And there's people that are listening. And now, now this is really going to blow you away because you weren't even around back then. But there are people listening right now, Jerry, that in the 70s remember interest rates at 13, 15, and 18% on mortgages. Wow, that sounds like what a credit card interest rate is now. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. So, you know, no, I don't know. What are we in the threes or high twos or threes, whatever we're in now? So very, this is very a, low environment. Yeah, this is a great opportunity. And so what I want to do is share a few things that can help people that are looking to get a mortgage. And I want to start, and, and I have mortgage friends, and they're not going to be happy when they hear my podcast, okay? But the reality <laughs> is, is your mortgage guy is not your friend, okay? <laughs> right off the bat, that guy or 
that gal, regardless of where they're at, their job is to conduct a transaction. They have no fiduciary responsibility to do what's best for you. They have, you know, it's not the way it works. It's not like you're dealing with a financial professional whose job is to help you build wealth, right? And they have a responsibility and, and they can be helped. Understand something. It's no different than a car salesman, except the difference is you're buying a house, right? That's kind of the difference. So it's really important to understand that you've got to do your own due diligence. You've got to go talk to your credit union. You got to go talk to your bank and you got to go talk to the mortgage guy down the street and you got to put the three of them against each other. It's no different than putting a new kitchen in the house. You don't go with first contractor. Get a few different people through the door and make them start competing against each other because ultimately you're the one that wins when you do that. Mm. If you only pick one person, guess who wins? That one person. That's what we talk about all the time, Jim, is putting the power back in the consumer's hands. And for those that listen to our radio show, right, they hear me say it all the time. I always tell people, look, go interview a few finance guys. Go interview a few people to, to talk about your retirement and pick the one that has the best credentials and you get along the best with, right? That's really important. Not the one you like. I did not say the one you like because it's not about liking them. It's about knowing you're going to get good advice, right? That's kind of the key, but you, you should probably like them too. But when it comes to mortgages, you want to make sure that you're checking all the boxes. You're making sure you're getting the best possible deal, right? I'm not going to say listen to your real estate guy and go pick his guy or his gal, but I'm telling you, go pick three different people and have them work against each other and pick the one that's going to give you the best deal. Because when it's over with and you're in that house, guess who's not going to be answering your phone calls anymore, okay? So first and foremost, you also have to identify how much of a house you really can afford. And understand something, the real estate folks showing you homes want you to buy a bigger house okay that's just the reality of it mm-hmm. the mortgage people want you to buy the biggest house that you can get credit for right instead i want you to stop and think you know there's a term called dti debt to income ratio right and i think they allow up to i don't know 30 30 maybe in some cases 40 percent look you do not want 30 or 40 percent of your income going towards your mortgage okay you, you don't want that plus the other debt okay you just don't want to deal with that instead what you want to focus on is getting into a house that you can comfortably afford and not have this big fancy house that you got to eat ramen noodles in every night, okay? Right. So it's really important that you pick a home that's going to match your budget. And and it's okay. It doesn't have to... Listen, Jerry, you've been to my house many times. There's nothing yep. fancy about my house. It's I, a nice place, but it, it's, it's not, it's, you know, extravagant. You know, if I wanted to, I always think to myself, I can afford to drive any car I want in virtually any house I want to live in. Yet, I make the logical financial decision to stay where I'm at, right? To buy the thing that allow me to enjoy the other aspects of my life. Well, the same thing happens with mortgages. Make sure that you don't become house poor. That's the term that we're looking at. The other thing is, and there are people that are going to argue with me till the cows come home on this. Sound like my dad now, cows come home. (laughs) But that is, if you can afford to do a 20-year, do a 20-year. If you can afford to do a 15-year, do a 15-year. Pay less money and in interest. Yes, I know the argument is you could go and you could save that money in the markets and you could do this or this. Listen, 23 years I've been in this industry. 23. I have seen it all in 23 years. And everyone starts with the best of intentions. And guess what? They decide to buy a new Mustang or they decide to buy a big green monster truck or whatever stupid things they go do. And next thing you know, they're putting $1,800 in suspension and they're putting $4,000 in stereo. Life happens. 
You want to set yourself up to where you can become debt-free as quickly as possible. Yes, I know interest rates are low, but you know what? Good debt and bad debt look exactly the same when you can't make the payment, Jerry. Well, That's Jim, really important. That leads us to the very next point, which is something you wanted me to bring up, and it's talking about a mortgage trap. There's a lot of people encouraging refinances right now because of the low interest rate environment. What is a mortgage trap anyways, and how do we make sure that we avoid that? Well, let me share the mortgage trap with you from Jimmy Fox's point of view. Not Jim Fox's, Jimmy Fox's. Oh. And Jimmy was born in 1972, right? All right. That's when I was born. My mom and dad bought their house for $12,500 that I grew up in. Okay. Wow. It was a two bedroom, one bath, no air conditioning, you know, 780 square feet, super small home, right? And they paid $12,500 for it. Well, they go about their lives and, you know, they bought some cars and had some debt and they refinanced and, you know, they kind of did what most people do, right? Rates got a little bit lower because it was high in the 70s. So they would refinance and they'd pull a little bit of cash out and they would do this. My dad died in 2006, right? So I start helping my mom make the mortgage payments. Now, mind you, Jerry, they bought the house in 1972. My dad died in 2006, Jerry. Is that more than 30 years? Are we getting pretty close? Uh, 34 by my math. Yeah, so why is there still a mortgage? Let's start there, right? Mm. But remember, the refinance is what was happening, right? In 2010, as we know, the markets took a major downturn in 08, so it took a while for my income to crank back up. My mom finally let the house go because she could not afford to keep the house because she was in over her head. She lost my dad's pension. There's all kinds of stories that I could share on that. But instead, in 2010, my mom let the house go. She moved into a retirement facility, and, you know, actually the best thing that ever happened to her. But they owed $175,000 38 oh years later, Jerry. That sounds they, like the mortgage trap. And they fell into the mortgage trap. And here's what the mortgage trap is, is that every time you get a little bit of headway, maybe the markets go up a little bit, your real estate's worth a little bit more. Someone comes along and back in the day, they knock on the door, or call your phone and they say, hey, look, we can consolidate all that debt. We can take your payments back out to 30 years and we can save you $400 a month or $500 or $800 mm. a month, right? And what do you say? Well, of course, yeah, man, Sounds this is great. It. And you tell yourself, that's it. I'm never going to do this again. I'm going to be good about my credit cards. I'm not going to do this. And then five or six or eight years later goes by and guess what happens? You have credit card debts. You have a new car. You have all the other things. The mortgage values increased a little bit more. What are you able to do? Go refinance and do it again. Mm. This happens time in time again. Jerry, for 23 years, I've seen people caught in what I call the mortgage trap, which is refinancing a home, consolidating debt, then five, six, seven years later, refinancing a home, consolidating debt. I actually hear people talking about, hey, do you want to take a vacation? Let's help you with a refinance so I can get you money to go take a... Why? Oh, wow. Why? The only thing stupider than that is going and putting it on a credit card, okay? Because a credit card's even worse. But the point here is, is that people think that they're going to be able to go out and beat the system. Understand something. Your mortgage professional that you're sitting down with at the bank, the credit union, the dude down the street, the gal, you know, that goes to church with you, whoever it is. They do not have a fiduciary responsibility to you. Their job is not to give you advice. Their job is to transact a sale.
That's what they do. No difference in a car. So they're going to tell you this is a great idea. And they're going to show you on paper how awesome it is going to be for you. You're going to save 400 bucks a month. Well, are you really? Because you just took your car loan that had four years left on it. And you've now spread it out over 30 years. Jerry, did you Ooh. really come out ahead? Mm. See, that's the problem. This is the mortgage trap that I tell people to be careful. Now, am I saying don't refinance? Absolutely not. I think it's a great tool. And I think people can accumulate vast amounts of wealth if they make good decisions. But my point is, is most of us don't approach it from that standpoint. What we do is we use it as a means to free up money to then go spend foolishly. And I say that so blazingly, because guess who spent foolishly? Jim Fox did, right? Well, the uh, guy on the other side of the microphone also. You, right. And then you find yourself back in that situation time and time again. Here's the newest thing that I'm telling you is not being told to people when they're doing refinances. Okay. Again, there's no fiduciary responsibility for a mortgage person to tell you what you should or shouldn't do and how it's going to impact your taxes. But if you go out today, Jerry, and you take a cash out refinance for $60,000 and you put $30,000 into your home for improvements and you take another 30,000 and go buy a car, do you realize that that $30,000 that bought the car, you cannot write that interest off every year oh, from your wow. taxes? And it's your job to keep track of that interest and report it properly to the IRS and say, hey, of this interest that I paid, this amount of it was for the car, so we get to take that off the taxes and it doesn't get to lower my taxation. Nobody's telling people that, Jerry. Just what Nobody's we need to make taxes more complicated as if they it. weren't hard enough already. Yep. So I, so there's all the negatives. There's all the bad stuff. Let me help you on how you could make a, a refinance work for you. And there's nothing wrong with it. Let's say that you're 10 years into a 30-year loan, Jerry, and you say, you know what? I'm making more money. Interest rates are lower. Everything looks great. I'm going to refinance my 30-year mortgage. It's down to 20 now. And I am going to lower my interest rate, but I'm going to do it for 20 years. Did you notice we didn't go back out to 30? Did you catch right. that part? Yes. We're we didn't go back keeping out the 30. same time frame, but we're lowering the interest rate. That Correct. makes sense. And now you're paying off your debt even faster. I have a friend, Ted, out in Hawaii. He called me up. He went from a 30-year mortgage to a 15-year mortgage in a refinance, lowered his interest rate. It cost him $300 more a month. Can you believe that? So he knocked half of his mortgage off in just a few years. And it only cost him 300 more than he was paying. Who wouldn't do those things, Jerry? That's what we try and get people to realize. Understand something. Your biggest purchase is going to be your mortgage. Your biggest thing that you ever buy will be the home that you have, right? And the guy or gal that's selling it to you is selling it to you like it's a car. You want to make sure that you look at all of your options. You want to make sure. This is what I do with a lot of my clients is we sit down and we talk about the pros and cons. We talk about why you should or shouldn't do something because it's super important to weigh all the options before you make a decision. Understand something. We all need a mortgage, I'm sure, at one point or another. It's just the reality of life. But the belief that you're going to have to have a mortgage for the rest of your life isn't necessarily true. Instead, you can build a game plan. You can figure out how to become debt-free and ultimately become a wise steward of your money because, Jerry, that's what it's all about. If you don't care about making your money work as hard for you as you possibly can, nobody else is going to care. So you've got to mm -hmm. make 
make the decisions that your money is going to go out and do what it has to do to help you accomplish your goals. And your goal is not to 40 years from now have a mortgage. I can almost certainly tell you that's the case. Mm. Well, it's a very hot topic right now with the low interest rate environment. So before you make any of those decisions, find someone that you can talk to and take a look at some of the angles that you might not be thinking of. And hopefully you learn some things on today's show, some common mistakes that people make that you can avoid so you don't get caught in that mortgage trap. We want to help you avoid that. If you have any questions about your personal financial situation as you head into your retirement years or anything else relating to your portfolio or your finances, give Jim Fox a call at 321-414-7526. That's 321-414-PLAN. And you can find us online as well at yourwfg.com. Quickly, I want to mention before the end of the show, the upcoming Financial Straight Talk workshops, Retiring in Joe Biden's America, March 17th and 18th over at the Pizza Gallery at the Avenue Vieira. Pam is standing by right now to take your reservation. We would love to see you there. These are filling up very quickly, so make sure you call today. 321-414-PLAN. Jim, that's about all the time that we have for this week. Another great show. I'm always happy to be a part of it. For now, I give you the last word. Thanks so much, Jerry. Well, guys, we just want to thank you so much for listening. Like Jerry said, if there's anything we can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out and let us know. But on behalf of myself and the rock doctor, Mr. Jerry Payne, I want to thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Financial Straight Talk. Jim Fox is a registered representative of World Equity Group, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Wadadley Financial Group is not owned or controlled by World Equity Group, Inc. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Investment financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. Wadadley Financial Group is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through James Fox, NPN Insurance License Number 2434449.